0: We are, we are broadcasting from Buffalo Wild Wings here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. They always take very good care of us when we come out here. Talking a little bit of NFL, starting to get into the NFL preseason. I'm actually sitting here watching a replay on NFL Network of the the Broncos versus the Cowboys. We have so many people in new places this year, and it's a very interesting season. Usually going into the season, there their storylines. There are two or three teams that are that are head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, historically, in my day, we had we had the Colts with Peyton Manning. We always knew that they were going to win 12, 13 games. You always knew that Tom Brady's Patriots were going to win 12, 13 games. Even before that, you knew that the Montana 49ers and the, and the Cowboys with Troy Aikman and, and Michael Irvin and Emmitt Smith were going to, to, to be in the mix every year. They're going to be elite every year. They're going to be factors every year. We don't really know who's going to be good this year. So many quarterbacks have moved. So many elite players like Von Miller moving from the the world champion, Los Angeles Rams to, to the Bills. So it's gonna be a very interesting year. And just like last year where the Bengals came out of nowhere to go to a Super Bowl, this could be a year where a team comes out of nowhere. I know a lot of people are, are very high on the Lions. I think the Lions are gonna be better. They're not gonna to go to the Super Bowl, but people are watching the Lions on hard knocks and, and kind of the, the culture building that their coaching staff and, and management and front office is really transforming that culture, from a doormat culture, um, a culture of uh, laissez-faire, to saying that we're going to be the hunter this year. So I'm excited about that. But there, there are five stories. I'm covering uh, five stories. These are my five biggest stories, top five that are alive in the AFC. And then I'm going to do one on the NFC a little bit later in the week. But I want to cover the, the AFC, so, so hit the music. These are my top five that are alive stories uh, for the AFC. that that we have to focus on going into this football season. Number five, the demise of the New England Patriots. Now I've been waiting for the Patriots to to suck and to kind of lose their luster for quite some time. And and Tom Brady kept that thing afloat for so many years, winning so many rings there And, and, and me being a Colts fan I feel like if Tom Brady didn't exist, the, the Colts would have won three or four Super Bowls. But they could they really could not get through the Patriots except that one time. Um, they're losing their luster. I, I, I use the analogy with the Patriots of, of Mike Tyson. Remember Mike Tyson in, in the mid-'80s? Mike Tyson would walk into the ring, and he would intimidate his opponents, and the fight would be over before they even started the fight because people were so afraid of Mike Tyson. Well, after Mike Tyson... Got beat by Buster Douglas, and then he went to jail. And then he had that, that the series of fights with Evander. The second fight that he lost with Evander where he bit his ear off. People weren't afraid of Mike Tyson anymore. He wasn't in as good a shape. He was getting old. He had been in jail. Customato had passed away almost a decade earlier. And I think you're going to see that with the Patriots. Last year, Patriots won 10 games, I think, just on respect. People being afraid of Bill Belichick. People, people just seeing the Patriots' logo and in and, and connecting it to winning in Super Bowls and competitive football. I think the Patriots are naked this year. I, I like Matt Jones. He's good. I don't see anything great in him. The Patriots, to me, they got six and they got six and eleven written all over them. Number two, Indianapolis Colts defense. Everybody thinks the big story with the Colts is Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan is a huge story. I think he'll put up numbers that are very similar to Carson Wentz, but he'll be a much better leader. It'll be a better locker room. He'll make that third and seven completion that Carson Wentz did not make. He'll play better in the fourth quarter than Carson Wentz played. So the stats will look the same, but the Colts will be a much better team with Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan is not the Matt Ryan from from the Super Bowl where they were up on the the Patriots 28 to three and expecting him to come in and dominate and and be the best player on the team. The Colts' defense is what's going to carry them. They've built their defense knowing that they can't outscore the Chiefs, they can't outscore the Chargers, they can't outscore the Broncos, they can't even outscore the Miami Dolphins with with Tua and Cheetah and Jalen Waddle. So they said, we're going to have the best defense in the AFC. And we're going to play bully ball, we're going to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor we're gonna hit hard but Darius Leonard has to be healthy he had a, a major surgery in the offseason is having a little bit of uh, slowness recovering how will Stefan Gilmore fit into to their package Colts run a lot of cover too they run a lot of zone coverage they don't play a lot of man coverage Stefan Gilmore is, is kind of a, a Revis Island type quarterback will Kenny Moore flourish while he has a contract dispute how will, how will the Colts safeties play how DeForest Buckner set the tone up the middle so that some of the new pass rushers the Colts have brought in and, and some of the young pass rushers that are developing, will they be able to, to get hits on the quarterback? And that remains to be seen. The Colts have been a turnover machine, but if Darius Leonard misses significant time, he's good for about a turnover every game. So the Colts' defense, that's that's what's going to make them a contender or, or a team that wins 10 games that may beat the Titans getting to the playoffs, but ultimately gets thrashed in the first round of the playoffs. The number three story, top five that are alive is Lamar Jackson's contract. Lamar Jackson is the next person in line. Now he stated that, that once, once we get to the regular season, he's not going to negotiate his contract. He manages himself. So Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent or at least doesn't have an agent that gets into the contract structure, which I think is brilliant, because why would he give 5% or 7% of his money to somebody else when the bar's already been set? You know what Patrick Mahomes makes? You know what Deshaun Watson makes? You know what Josh Allen makes? These are people that are that are in his class. Lamar Jackson doesn't have a Super Bowl, but, but neither does Josh Allen. Neither does Deshaun Watson. And unlike Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson doesn't have 30 cases on him that he had to settle in in civil court Lamar Jackson's been an MVP he's been a dual threat quarterback people are concerned about the investment in him because he could get injured the way he plays I think for this next contract this next five years you pay him top dollar you make him one of the, either the first or second most paid quarterback in the NFL so he has that but will the Ravens do that? Will the Ravens actually let him walk? Will they franchise him? That, that would be very interesting story that would be a very interesting story to cover number 2 Russell Wilson in Denver I like Russell Wilson I lived in Seattle for those listening on on Kixie 888m I lived in Seattle during the Seahawks run to the Super Bowl winning the Super Bowl and then and then losing the next year to the Super Bowl because they failed to to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. I think that Russell Wilson, and, and people don't want to say this though, he's a great guy, a, a great person, an ambassador for for sick children and medicine. People think these little corny. People think that he's too polished and too contrived. And so he he doesn't have the cool factor that, that some of these quarterbacks have. That said, man, he he seems to be on on the back end of his career. He's not as good of a player. I feel like he's regressing. I don't feel like he's going to be the savior that the Broncos thought that they were getting. I don't think that he's going to be washed up and, and a bum and unsuccessful. But I don't I don't see I don't see Russell Wilson as a guy that's going to come in and play at an MVP caliber level and, and lead the Broncos deep into the playoffs, if not to Super Bowl. It's not like Peyton Manning. When he went there at the end of his career. And then the number one story, obviously, it's always, it's always it's always Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. What are they what are they gonna do now that the Cheetah is gone? And and that's what happens when you have successful teams that that go deep into the playoffs. They've been to the playoffs to the AFC Championship four years in a row. And I'm telling you, history says when you go to AFC Championship four years in a row, that you're going to have a bad season. And a bad season for them might be a 10 or 11 win season. But if you've looked at the if you look at the Chiefs schedule, their schedule is brutal. They got a brutal schedule. It's going to be very difficult for them. And in that division where you have the Los Angeles Chargers that are getting better, everybody everybody's already penciling Justin Herbert in and Simonizing his bust for Canton, and I'm not willing to go that far, but he's a darn good young quarterback. And the Raiders, they have a hell of a roster. People are sleeping on the Raiders. Raiders are kind of my sleeper team. Like, if I was playing Madden and I got to pick a sleeper team that I, that I felt would be successful, you know that Josh McDaniels can call plays. And we don't know if he could be a head coach and set the culture and tone for, for an entire organization, but we know that he can call plays. And we he know that he can cook it up. And we know that David Carr can be a very efficient quarterback will he take the next leap with the weapons that they have to being an elite quarterback that remains to be seen but the chiefs are in a division that's arguably the best division in football they've got a difficult schedule the chiefs do this thing where they only show up for half the game so they'll 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 completely go to sleep for for a quarter they'll get down 21 to 3 but because they have Tyreek Hill, they have all of those weapons, Mahomes will go out. they be down 21-3. to three. Next thing you know, it's 38-21. to 21. And they could just turn it on and turn it off whenever they feel like it. Well, they're going to have to be a lot more methodical in their approach this year. They're not going to have that firepower to be able to score as quickly as they have in the past. And that's going to be an interesting adjustment for them. Um, that's going to be an interesting adjustment. So that's my top five dead or alive stories going into the year. This is an honorable mention. I got a chance to, to watch Malik Willis last week for the Titans. And it's very disgusting to me what Mike Vrabel did. Uh, Malik Willis from Liberty, quarterback, dual threat, about 6'1", about 225 pounds. He made some fantastic throws, and he started the first preseason game. This is his first. This is the first look at him. He played very well, in my opinion. He looked really good out there to me as someone that studies film, and studies tape, that watches quarterbacks. He threw for some interesting arm angles that were deliberate. He threw a decent deep ball. But Mike Verbo crushed him for, for A, running too much, and B, some of the, the throws that he didn't complete. And then when I, when, I, when I was listening to the media here in Cashville, where I broadcast from at Paragon 7 Studios, the media was crushing him too. And that really disgusted me. I was just like, oh, we're going to play that game with Malik Willis. We're going to play the game where where it doesn't matter what he does. It's never going to be good enough. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. Did you know that 12,000 people are turning 65 years old every day? Many seniors will no longer be able to age in place and will need to look for individualized solutions. Upside Home is a personalized service for older adults that provides a gateway to independence and social experiences. Members choose how and where they want to live. Then their home manager connects them with services, anemones, and community events that promote overall wellness. Learn how Upside Home helps older adults age in the right place by calling 954-504-6122 or visiting UpsideHome.com.